Welcome to the One Drink with John podcast. Today is episode 28 with New York Times best-selling author Lori Foster. Lori, welcome to the show. Thank you, John. Thanks for coming out. Appreciate so, it. you are so famous that you actually brought your own drink today. <laughs> is so that what the definition are, yeah, of fame? I don't to know. The, to the One Drink with John podcast. So, so Lori, what are you drinking today? You have some kind of tea. Let's see. It looks like a Lipton green tea citrus right. flavor with other natural flavors. Because I drink very little caffeine and very little carbonated drinks. Carbonated drinks are only at the movie theater. So this gotcha. is something I enjoy that has no caffeine in it. I'm a big coffee drinker, so everybody thinks I'm a caffeine addict, but I drink coffee light. So that means there's only half the caffeine. Right, yeah. That's perfect. Yeah, Jess does that a lot too. And actually, what I'm drinking is I'm drinking a Bulletproof coffee, but it's decaf. Because I actually... What's Bulletproof mean? uh, Bulletproof, it's it's the type of coffee. Like it's locally sourced and all this good stuff. And it's healthy for you and doesn't have mold in it. Um, And then the decaf part of it is uh, it's like Swiss extracted or whatever Hmm. it's some fancy uh technical term that makes it healthy and then the other bulletproof part of it like if people are on like the keto diet which i'm Uh not no me either um they put like this brain octane stuff and some ghee butter in it so cool so it's kind of like a meal and it's making you sharper it i hopefully it'll help me with (laughs) giving some really good questions on the podcast i might need some of that i don't know but yeah but it's all decaf though i i don't do caffeine at all yeah it's too much caffeine just just blows your brain yeah, i think yeah. it does mine so and plus i mean we're in the afternoon too you usually get up at like four o'clock or something i do so, yeah insane so you've, yeah, yeah you've had your coffee a long long so time i ago, need so. that coffee when i get up i need it extremely badly but it's not the caffeine it's the smell and the taste and it's like pavlov's dog that's my wake yeah. up your ritual yeah. of getting so Correct. so let's just talk about that then so what okay. is your ritual of i know you write <coughs> most days almost every day just about every day yeah so how, so you, I juggle yeah. priorities. So if something else comes up, if there is a problem somewhere that I need to address, I'll do that first. But generally, I write every day. Okay. And so your your actual process then is you get up. Do you write first thing in the morning? Do you wait a little long? Do you have other things to do? Or Yeah, so I have to wait till the brain starts functioning. So I get up and get my <laughs> coffee, and generally that's when I do my social media. You know, you visit on Facebook, see who talked to me after 8 o'clock last night because... By 8 o'clock, I'm a zombie. Right. Um, I'm not in bed yet, but I'm not really functioning. So um, I check all my emails. I usually get 50, 60 emails overnight. So I check all those, answer everybody, check Twitter and Facebook and gotcha. Instagram and all those fun places. Right, right. And, yeah. and then see if there's any promo stuff I have to do for the publisher, because there usually is something that they want you to do. And then I get ready to do my writing. Awesome. Well, at some point in there, I brush my teeth and get dressed. <laughs> right, right. Oh, so you, but do you actually get dressed though before? Like no. some people, okay, because because no. Jess does that sometimes where she's like, oh, I'm just you know, in some slippers and stuff, and mm-hmm. she just kind of gets ready, starts writing. Sometimes she gets dressed completely all because some people need that process where they have to get dressed where they feel like they're going to a job mm-hmm. then it gets it, them awake yeah but it doesn't sound like that's you no no i'm pretty casual yeah i mean i wash the face and brush the teeth but i might still be in my pjs when when alan gets back from the gym you know right depends on if we're going anywhere so gotcha and then so you have um you've published over 100 books which is which is crazy and i didn't know it was that i knew it was a lot yeah um i didn't we, know it was that many till someone else told me so well, <laughs> i don't I, keep track yeah. I, was, I actually was gonna one of my questions was did so did you have a party when book number 100 came out 
but you probably didn't know because no, it's I didn't. hard to... Yeah, I think I was on 102 when someone said, do you realize this was your 100th book? And the problem for me is that um, so many of the books have been reissued so many times that right. if you go through my all books on my website, it's hard to figure out which ones were new and which ones were reissued. So I hadn't right. kept track. Someone else That's did true. and went through and made sure which were the original titles, and there were a, over a 100 of those. Wow. So do you know what I'm saying? If one oh, book absolutely. is reissued four times and you're just looking at all the titles, it's hard to... Right. It, it makes like counting have, a little dicey. Absolutely. And math is not my strong suit. So. No, that actually, that's very difficult. Even like Jess has 30 books out and we went and tried to count hers and hers has not been reissued, but it was still confusing because you're like, oh, wait, you published with multiple publishers mm-hmm. and then you have uh, some anthologies and some other books right. you've done too. And so you're like, yeah. well, that counts. And then she did a book with James Patterson. So it's like, yeah, it was kind of hard to add all that in. It does. It gets, it gets crazy. And then with some, some digital and audio and print and you, some of those have different covers on them. So, you know, right. But just trying to look at just the original titles, right. There was, I don't know what it is to now, but it was at 102 when I figured wow. it out. That was worth the wait was the hundredth book. Worth the wait. Well, that's a perfect title for I your wasn't it? Book, I know, right? and I didn't even plan it. <laughs> you did it on accident, right? I don't title my own books. I don't know about right. you and Jess. I suck at titling. So yeah. I turn in a book, and I always just call it whatever the hero's name is, yeah. and then the um, editor comes up with a title for yeah. me. That happens a lot with Jess. Um, right, babe? You don't you title some of your books, but usually... I lose all the titles. All she loses time. all the titles. Yeah, <laughs> it's the same... Yeah. It I don't even try because I'm terrible at it. I would tell you one I came up with, but I don't know how yeah. rated yours is. It was accidentally too racy, but I was basing it on oh. a song that, uh, <laughs> yeah. So it was it was very embarrassing when the editor called me up laughing, saying, I don't think we're going to call it this. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> You're like, oh, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, Jess has, well, usually she has a, work, a title that she's using in her head that's mm-hmm. like okay this book is called blank but then yeah. it gets changed multiple times so that's why i just go by the should. hero's name that way because sometimes if i try to title it then i don't remember what i was calling it when right. i have to look it up later right because you've already written three more books so if i if i always just go Actually, i remember the that, heroes well that makes sense so. um of course you're kind of running out of names though after 100 books but yeah uh, so i get like, names off of my facebook so i look you? on there yeah so i look on there i'll ask readers sometimes what's a good guy's name and you can tell who's read you and who has it because some of them will come up with names that were just in a book right um but a lot of times <laughs> they'll offer up their husbands or their sons or whoever and I, a lot of times what I'll do is take a first name from one person and a last name from someone else and smack them together because, together. yeah, I've run out of names. Well, that's fun. Well, that's another reason to follow you on Facebook then, Yeah, there, right? yeah so exactly. <laughs> I get a lot of stuff from Facebook. That's cool. Animals, and uh, I, j- I did a, a book with a, had to decorate a girl's room, and so I asked for suggestions from readers, and they were all telling me what their little girls wanted for a bedroom, you know, because yeah. it was a designer. Oh, that's so, yeah, cool. I get a lot of stuff from the Facebook people. That is really helpful. Um, that's great. Yeah, because naming, it's, it's also difficult, like you said, is you've had 100 books, over 100 books, to not name the same people, the same names. Yeah. And then some of the secondary characters, it's just it's There's just so tough. many. Yeah, you have so many, you know, there's 15 to 20 names of people yeah. in each book right. times 100, and you're just like, there's going to be multiple names. And I don't no want to use it. anybody in my family. I don't want to use their name. 
and I have a big, very big family. We see all of them all the time, so I didn't want anybody to think a book was about them. Right. <laughs> that yeah. would be awkward. Not accidentally. <laughs> <laughs> accidentally put your uncle's yeah. name in the book. You're like, wait, no, no, that wasn't really. <laughs> but like, I'll ask on Facebook, who wants to be the, can I say bitch? The bitch in this book. Sure. <laughs> who yes, yeah, to... you say whatever you want on this. And yeah. they'll always say, me, me, me. You know, they want to like, be the bitch. Let me oh be the gosh, bitch. Oh my gosh, that's know, really or, funny. You know, yeah. <laughs> so a lot of people will volunteer to be the bad guy. I don't, yeah. you know, I don't particularly want to pick the hero and heroine that way. But every Everybody, every, all the other characters, yeah. yeah. Well, that'd be kind of fun, I guess. It is, right? <laughs> <laughs> to be the bad guy in, in one of the Laurie Foster's novels, right, that'd be kind yeah. of fun. So, <laughs> Well, let's go back a little bit. Um, I wanted to kind of just start with what was your, basically, what was the last job you had, if you can remember? Because I know you've been doing this a while. Yeah. But like... Um, well, I'll, at, or what jobs have you had, or what you know, whatever. Okay, you so yeah, I worked at a store one time as like a clerk to, for for women's clothing. Okay. I got fired from that because I was terrible. <laughs> Somebody would put on pants too tight, and I'd say, "I guess they look okay," because I don't want to say anything. Um, and then I worked at Kroger's for a long time, the a grocery store. I was a um, bagger, had to push the carts in. That was a gazillion years ago. Alan, my husband, and I were already dating, and he would come up on the snowy days, push the carts in for me, so I wouldn't have to be out in the cold. Um, I worked at P&G for a long time uh, on the factory line, and I was actually their first female material handler, oh, wow. which just means okay. I really hated standing there on assembly line packing scope. So, you know, wow. I would do the, the more um, physical labor type stuff. Sure. As scrawny as I am, but right, yeah. right. Um, but then after my kids were born, I was a babysitter, or I would clean other people's houses. Okay, so you and, kind of worked for yourself with some odd jobs and things. Right, yeah. I thought so. it was. I thought that rain was hitting the window, but it's just blowing off your oh my gosh. umbrella. Yeah, it's breezy today. Yeah, it is <laughs> chilly. Turned cold. I know the sun came out for five minutes today. And yeah, not like... long. It was much warmer where I came from than it is up here. Oh yeah. But, um, yeah, so I used to, when I would babysit other people's kids, I had three little boys, and then I babysat this one woman who had two little girls. And when I would go to the grocery store, people thought I was the mother for all of them. Right. Made me feel really important. <laughs> Look how well-behaved they all are. And it was because the two that I babysat were dolls. Yeah, know? that's great. All I had to do was rein in my boys. <laughs> well, that's fun. So, so let's see. I was going to say, I looked up some of the stuff on your website. And, again, we've been... You know, you've known Jess. We've been friends mm-hmm. for probably five Quite or six while, years, yeah. which yeah. has been really fun. Um, so what, let's see, how long after getting published? So I was going to say, how long after getting published did you quit your job? But you'd kind of had some odd jobs anyway, so it wasn't like you really, it wasn't like you right. were working at a, you know, a corporate job and then you got right. published and you said, you know, quit. So I, yeah, I still babysat, still clean people's houses for a while. Right. <clears throat> after I published. This is the thing. A lot of times people in this industry, and I know Jess is not one of them, but a lot of mm-hmm. people, they act like they're working in the coal mines. Well, I cleaned <laughs> other people's houses. You know, you'd have to clean someone else's bathroom. So to me, right. this is all a piece of cake. Not that writing is always easy, but in comparison to what we could be doing, you know, we've got to be some of the luckiest people around. You know, I it's agree. an awesome, awesome job. I agree. So when I no longer had to uh, clean anybody else's house, and actually have people clean my house now, that, that's very, very rewarding. You so it's know, like so. a full circle. Yeah, because one right. of my other questions was just, what is your favorite part of working for yourself? Uh, well, wearing pajamas all day when you, <laughs> when you feel like it. Honestly, not having to deal with the I public. So you it. don't have to worry about, you don't have to put your game face on. You know what I mean? Sure. So you don't have to be dressed the right way or have your hair fixed the right way or anything unless you want to because you're just at your desk. 
The only one's right. going to see is your husband, and we've been married a long time. He knows to just put up with me. He so, doesn't. You know, <laughs> Al's yeah. fine with he that. He doesn't so. mind. Yeah, he's okay with it. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that by far, people that when they're having a bad day or they've got a cold and they have to get up mm-hmm. and get dressed and go deal with the public, Sure. <clears throat> excuse me, to me, that always just has to be really, really difficult. Sure, yeah. I mean, know? even if you're just, like you said, if you just have a little cold and you're like, well, I just need to sleep in a couple mm-hmm. hours today. Well, most people can't do that. No. You know, without taking sick time or exactly. whatever. So. You can adjust your schedule to whatever you want or need it to be. You know, so you can be writing at midnight if that suits you, or you can be up at four in the morning like I am writing, and uh, it just works out for however you want it or need it to be. You know, a lot of times you're working more hours than you want to because there's a deadline looming, and life tends to interfere more when you work for yourself because right. people just know you're home. I can, somebody will call me and say, are you busy? And I'll say, well, I'm right in the middle of a scene. They'd say, okay, well, and then they just go on because <laughs> to them you're not working, you know, but... Uh, so that's, I mean, that's a small detractor. Sure. Yeah, you know? Jess, has, Jess has found that a little bit, too. I just, I remember she was just like, uh, especially when we lived in Miamisburg, she was just like, oh, I'm working. And, you know, her mom would call or somebody called and be like, oh, I'll be right over. And like, no, I'm working. And yeah. like, oh, but you're home. I'm like, yeah, but I'm actually working. So I'm, I'm trying working. to get stuff done. So. Right, yeah, I have stuff I have to finish. Right, and then the holidays so, kind so of throw I, it off, Yeah, too, I don't like so. to talk on the phone. I would, I like email. So I very rarely talk on the phone, even to my editor, <clears throat> excuse me, or my agent, but um, my kids or my husband, if they call, I answer. That's about it. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair if my enough. agent calls, I might email them back and say, what do you want? <laughs> yeah, you're like, so, yeah, what's the, well, ever, anymore, people just text back. You call and you're like, you, you, yeah. you cancel the call and be like, what do you want? But like, right. just text me. Like, yeah. So. I'll answer you at my leisure here. So um, a couple different questions about kind of your process um, and, and like how long it takes. So how long does it usually take you? Well, like each day... Do you have like a word, if you're just doing like the first draft, let's say, because you're not editing, let's say you're doing a first draft, um, is there an, like a word count or a page count that you're trying to hit each day or does it kind of depend or is it just... So know, it I varies. I okay. don't really do a first draft. I write complete. Okay. So what I put down, the way I write is I'll write, <clears throat> excuse me, a stupid cold, I'll mm-hmm. write 10, 12 pages, whatever it turns out to be. And then the next day before I start writing again, I read oh, read over those, make any little changes I might want, and then I write the next ones. Oh, so okay. when I get to the end, I'm done, and I send it off to the editor. I don't go back and reread it or check it over or anything okay. like that. And 10 pages is usually, sometimes more, is usually about what I get. But um, I just write until I don't have anything else to say or if I <laughs> have to be somewhere. Right. You know? So sometimes it might be six, seven o'clock. I'm still writing. Other times at two, I'm done because right. the wells run dry and I have to think about it a little bit more. Sure. So, and sometimes you need a break to get back to it. I think that's helpful too. I you think can only... so. I think you get up and you move. The body was made to move. So if you've been sitting at that desk all day, nothing's working. And then if you get up and you know we go take a walk or you go in there and play. I have four cats. Play with the cats <laughs> for a little bit or doing laundry is my brainless. Uh, get the muse going kind of thing so I can go do laundry and um, just you know it's a lot of times it'll just come to you yeah yeah yeah. no that totally makes sense so how long um, so I guess and again that's kind of like what Jess is and other authors I've talked to as well it's not necessarily a set time I mean sometimes you know Jess has a deadline and you know probably same thing like okay I've got to get this much done but um, how like how long does it usually take for you to get the, uh, to write a book like that? Like to get that, I, I'd say first draft, but for you it's almost like a second draft because you edit it as you go through. As I go, yeah. So uh, basically I have about three and a half months between books. 
and the deadlines are killing me and I'm trying right. to, I'm trying to push them <laughs> back a little bit, but I'm sure. doing both mass market and trade. And so it kind of jumps back and forth. I just signed for another uh, three, three mass market book series and I'm working on that one now, but I have to have it done in three months. So, right. you know, three months seems like a lot of time to a, to a lot of people until you think about how many right. words and pages and right. um, uh, if you have to do much research, which I, I sometimes do, you know. Right. So. Well, yeah, there's research. I mean, yeah. just having it out um, is a lot. Even like this book, uh, this is Jess's favorite book, which was Getting Rowdy. And I mean, this is, you know, 440 pages. So right. this is not, this is no joke if you're doing 10 pages a right. day. You're, right. Yeah, you're taking a long, that's a lot. That was of one of my favorite covers, by the way. I is love it? Rowdy's cover. Yeah. I get nuts about cover art. It drives me crazy because the heroes never look like who I have in my head. Yeah. So I've gotten to where I try to just go for an attractive guy. You know, as long as he's attractive and they got him somewhat close. Yeah. Uh, I have this thing about chest okay. hair. So I don't like the idea of, of my heroes spending time to groom their chests <laughs> because they're busy kicking ass and taking names. They're right, not right. grooming they their chests. They have chest. other things to do. So I've convinced my publisher that if the guy doesn't have a hairy chest, put him in a t-shirt. Don't give me some baby butt smooth chested guy right, because right. I would never write that. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, I thought Rowdy looked uh, really awesome. I like his cover a lot. It looks like Rowdy. Yeah, that's one of my cool. faves. That's interesting. Yeah, Jess said that was her favorite, her favorite book that she's read of yours so far. Oh, good, which good. is really cool. But yeah, it is interesting the process. Uh, how you know, just and I, I'm assuming you do kind of the same thing where you give them kind of an outline of what the characters look like so they can kind of do mm -hmm. um, a photo shoot or whatever. And then sometimes it doesn't look like them at all, and right. you're like, why does this person have dark hair when his is kind of lighter? And then. So it's interesting how the cover is different, but that's cool that you, they really nailed Rowdy's. <laughs> so what they'll do for me is they send me, um, I, yeah, I, I send in an email what the mm -hmm. people should look like, and then they'll send me concept art, which just means it's some random person and the kind of pose that they're maybe going to want to use. And they'll say, instead of there being a brick wall behind them, there's going to be woods. And okay. instead of their hands being on a table, they're going to be on a fence post. And instead of wearing a suit, he's going to be in this shirt and these kind of jeans. So they'll break all that down in a sidebar. So then I have to try to imagine if it's going to look okay. Right. And then they send me, once they take the photos, they'll, they'll send me three or four of the different shots that they're thinking about using. And you, uh, I don't want to say approve, but if I have a complaint at that point, they'll sure. address it. Yeah. And um, they kind of narrow it down that way. Sometimes I just know, it's, that's why I said I've gotten to where I would drive them insane and drive myself insane if I uh, carried on too much. So I just try to say, is he a good looking guy? Does he, does he suit the, the picture? So Right. Yeah, so. I mean, there's not much. And they've also, you know, usually they're done with the photo shoot. So it's not like they're going to pull the guy back in. And right, they're not going to take more photos. Like, these right. are the photos we have. This yeah. is, you know, and they can obviously Photoshop and move around some backgrounds and different mm -hmm. things or put some tattoos on people. Right, that, yeah. Which right. is always fun. They put tattoos yeah. on people that don't have tattoos. Yeah. But, well, yeah. I just saw this. I just posted this on my uh, Facebook page. Well, by the time this comes out, it won't be just on there. But mm -hmm. um, ages ago, I think it's 2004 maybe, somewhere in there, I was in an anthology. Uh, um, I forget the name of it now. But it was a Christmas anthology, mm -hmm. and the guy's holding a bunch of presents. And then I saw Sydney Bristol had a new book out, and it's that same cover, except that instead of a smooth-chested guy with bright Christmassy colors... He's tattooed, has a hairy chest, <laughs> but it's the same picture. Right. They is, he, had just... is he carrying presents too? Yes, or... he's oh, holding so it's presents. A, it's a yeah. Christmas book also, yes, but it's they the changed. Exact, it's the exact same 
uh, stock art, yeah. but they changed it enough to make it look like he's a darker guy with a with chest hair and a tattoo. And, and so I, I shared it just to show readers really how, because it fascinates me what can be done. Sure. You know, and I, I love it because a lot of times when they when they do a reissue for me, it's usually stock art on a right. reissue. Right. And They're it's not really going to do a new photo shoot. Right. That not on a sense. reissue. And it's really cool when I see the what, what all they can do with that stock art. You know? Yeah. It is, it is funny, and, and Jess has talked to friends of hers, like, oh, look, we had the same, you know, the same uh, the same guys on her cover, and you could yeah. tell it was the same day that they were shooting it, yeah. but it was just a different pose or whatever. And, right. You know, it is, but that is nice about um, about Harlequin and HQN that they, they usually do a photo shoot, so you get original photos, which mm-hmm. is kind of nice, because the stock photos, you know, you could have it on this cover and make it look really nice, and then... You know, next year you see the same Ten picture. Ten other people have it. <laughs> the same, you're like, it was so nice that everybody's like, I'm going to buy that too. Yeah. So, yeah. But yeah, that's kind of fun that they do the. <laughs> they yeah, do I love seeing how they can switch them up and make them different. I've had, you know, back before I got as popular, that's what they did with stock art. Mm-hmm. Back when I, I guess when I wrote for Kensington and Berkeley. And uh, so I still see some of that artwork show up, but on different authors books from different publishing houses so. yeah that's there are some fun. cover models making some money somewhere <laughs> yeah right well that's good at least they get paid again right so right yeah cool. so you talked about um, reissues which is one of the things I wanted to ask you about um, can you just kind of explain what that is and how that works if, if nobody's done that so obviously you have 102 books yeah. that have been published <laughs> right so, so uh, they'll take a book that was and my only issue with it is that times have changed so much. So a book that I wrote back when I, you know, 1997, when I was first published, which was, you know, a gazillion years ago. Right. Um, things have changed since then. So back then you put a baby down to sleep on their stomach. So they'll reissue that book and someone will say, you're never oh, supposed no. to put a baby on their oh, stomach. Well. And I'm like, back then you did. And this was a long time ago. Right. Or someone will have a uh, key to get into their hotel room. And of course, no one has keys now. Right. They slide They're, a card. They must be at some old ancient hotel, right? Correct, yeah. And I, I had one guy that had a gigantic car phone, which oh, of man. course, now it's just a mobile phone, you know. <laughs> so, but those those were appropriate for the time. And then they reissue them. So I, uh, my publisher tries to make it clear that it's a reissued book. You know, they try to tell you the date that it was first out. But I think the way it works in contracts or something is, um, I I don't remember this exactly, but... uh, And I'm sure each one's different. Each deal can be different. A little bit different, yeah. But any book that has gone without being published for three years, then you might have a claim to the rights on it. Mm -hmm. So mine never go three years without being back in publication. Yeah, Yeah, uh, so usually it has to do with sales a lot of times where... If they and now that books are digital, yeah, it's harder. But yeah, you have to sell a certain amount. You know, if, if this book hasn't sold a hundred books in the last year or something, then maybe you can get the rights back after right. a few years or something. And I can't, I can't get any of them on. But they, yeah, well, that's always a good, a good yeah. problem and a bad yeah. problem. Yeah, well, I really selling. wouldn't want to have to deal with it at this point. Sure. So you know, I admire all the authors that can do all that on their own. I'm an old dog and I'm tired, <laughs> and I, you know, I want to sit around in my PJs and write, not do all the rest of that. Right, you know? right. But um, yeah, so they so they often reissue them, and a lot of times they give them a whole different cover look and a different title. 
And so Harlequin is in the process of reissuing some of my earlier books that had like a hunky guy on the cover. And now they're putting a cute kitten or a cute puppy because that's more the trends now. Oh, so that's more popular now. So So they're trying to to bring it up to date with what is working. And so it just seems really funny to me to see the the hunky guy's gone and the cute kitten's there instead, (laughs) you know. But yeah, so there's always a bunch of reissues available. Right, and they don't. So they don't. Um, they don't have you do any editing, or do they no, touch it up any, or do no, they just? No, I wish much sometimes. I don't really sure. have. So only three months between books. I don't really have time right. to. But yeah, it would be nice if you had a chance to go through and maybe update them. You know. Yeah. But it also might be time consuming trying to take that massive car phone out of there. <laughs> right. Right. And give up a cell phone. That's true. Instead. You can't. Yeah, you can't just copy and paste or you know, right. delete and remove and put. Well, something and of course, in some too. of those books, you had situations because. It was just, you know, pre-cell phones. Nowadays, you would have to rewrite the entire thing because you'd think, why didn't they just call someone? You right. know, the situation would be entirely different now than back. Oh, that's interesting. Used to, if you didn't have a phone handy, you were, you know. Yeah, that's true. Somebody breaks down the side of the road and they're like, oh my gosh, I'm totally screwed. And they're right. like, now you're like, well, just call somebody. You're right. Like, oh, but yeah. we can't do that back then. Right. Yeah. Back then you were, you know, <laughs> at their mercy. So so there would be, probably be a lot of rewrites that would have to be done on some of those earlier books. That's interesting. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I just think the... I, I think it's so cool that, you know, you have this book that you wrote even in 97 or 90, whatever it is, mm-hmm. and then it's, now it has this new life, yeah. and it comes out, and then, you know, you're getting, obviously getting paid again on that, and the publisher's right. doing well. It's always just kind of a neat, again. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of neat you're just getting paid again and again on things that you did years ago. Well, so. and it's always shocking to me when a reader will write me because they liked it, and I'm thinking, holy cow, that was from 96, you yeah, know, and yeah. it's... It's kind of a blast when you hear from someone and I say, did it hold up okay? Because I haven't re-rattled. And they'll say, yeah, I liked it. Oh, good. You know, I'm glad. I'm glad it held up. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) Keep in mind it was from 96. Right. (laughs) And obviously, you know, 100 books later, you're getting better every book. And it's, you know, so your writing skill and everything now is just totally different than back then. So I think you get better. I think you refine your craft. And I think you get your focus shifts a little bit. You know, what... 30-year-old Lori was interested is different from what 60-year-old Lori Lori is interested in, you know. So my focus has maybe changed a little bit in the books. I like to really um, have a lot of action and kill people in my books now. Oh, okay, fun. I like to have the good guy killing the bad guys, you know. And and back then it was just all more about the romance. So um, there's still a lot of romance, still a lot of sex. But, you know, your focus shifts a little bit. Sure. You just try to bring that audience along with you. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> is there any reason that you think it's changed that way, or is that just something that you're more interested in yourself, like movies and things you watch, or just? Well, yeah. I mean, I think society's changed, right? Mm-hmm. So human trafficking always fa- the the new series I'm working on now is uh, based people rescuing people from human trafficking. Sure. And so I've done that in a couple other series because it's something that just largely interests me, something yeah. that wrenches my heart. You know, yeah. something I wish everybody would be more aware of. So it's just more on my mind, maybe. Yeah. You know, and uh, I remember when I saw Taken ages ago when Liam Neeson is going through and he's trying to find his daughter and he's going past all these women who were chained to beds, but they weren't his daughter and he didn't want to alert anybody that he was there. So he had to leave them. And as soon as I saw that movie, I thought, I want to write a guy that saves all of them. You know, he doesn't leave anyone behind. And that sort of led to my first human trafficking book where he went to get someone else and brought another woman out. And she ended up being the heroine in the book. So it was a a very different focus today than we had back then. You know. Yeah. Life is much harsher, I think, now than it was. 
or at least, uh, yeah, at least in movies and books it is, right? Well, we're so. more aware of it because with <laughs> right. the internet and everything, you know, you hear about every little thing that happens. You know, used to, if you weren't reading the newspaper. You or know, watching the evening news. Right, yeah, right. Absolutely. And even then, it was more local news. Sure. You know, it wasn't as broad as it is now. So. Yeah, you don't have, that's true. You see a lot more things going on for right. sure. So. so how many books, so we kind of talked about your process and things. And so how many books do you usually write in a year then? Um, Because you said it takes three and a half months. You only have so many months in a year. Right. So I always do the benefit novella, which is a a short story that I do. Um, The contract is written so that all the advance and all the proceeds go to... It's always been a charity, but the last few I've made strictly to the Animal Adoption Foundation, which is a wonderful no-kill animal shelter in my area. Uh, So I do that every year. I'll have that one out. It comes out every June. And then I usually have two mass markets and a trade that come out. So um, however much time that takes me, you sure. know, usually I'm quicker than the editors. So okay. a lot of times I'm done and I'm midway through the next book before they get back to me on what they thought about the other one. And then you've got to do the edits. Right, right. right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So there's a lot of bouncing back and forth. You know, you're right. just getting into this new world. Then you have to stop and go back to the old world and fix a few things. And then while you're doing that, a previous book you wrote is suddenly published and you have to do promo on that. You're trying to right. remember what the heck it was about right. because it was a while ago. <laughs> So yeah, it gets it, you know. It does. So it looks like so I guess we were saying like four books a year is about like three to four depending yeah, on because yeah. you get the novella. The, the novella and then three. How many words approximately? Or do you, oh, I don't know. It's not. It's, it's uh, not as big as some of the other books. No, right? Of yeah, it's it's smaller. Yeah. Okay. So, so that's a little easier. What is it? Twenty five thousand words? Something I think like that, something probably. like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because these are like I said with the getting rowdy's four hundred forty pages, and how much? So your new book? Yes, yeah, some are some are longer, so some are not right until they're uh, until they're done. So this one's three seventy eight. Okay. So you know some some of my longer ones. Um, Say no to Joe was really long. When you dare was really long. Some mm-hmm. go longer. That's just when the story. I always try to pace myself so that I know when I'm getting toward the end versus I know when I've had enough words. Okay. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. sometimes, I, sure. like I say, well, I know I only need 3,000 more words, but I'm not going to be done in 3,000 words. Gotcha. So that helps me to kind of stay on my sure. on my deadlines. But I guess it makes sense, though, that you kind of get into the story and, and you know, especially with some killing and mystery and things yeah. involved in that, <laughs> that, you know, you're just like, oh, I need a little more time to really develop the character, mm-hmm. develop the situation yeah. to really let it play out. Yeah, so or something gonna... happens that you weren't expecting. I don't rein my characters in at all. I don't pre-plan a book much. I do enough for a paragraph to tell the editor what it's going to be about. You know, okay. the human trafficking and, uh, you know, and the one I'm writing now, he, he's a ranger, uh, a retired ranger, mm-hmm. but he works, he has a bar that's sort of his front because he helps Uh, women from human trafficking and she's a female truck driver who's actually doing the same thing but but they neither one trusts the other because they both know the other one's doing something else and um so you you never i I, that's that's as much as i knew and now it's slowly unfolding as it goes along and i never try to rush them i never try to bend them and make them do something that they don't want to do Okay. I pretty much sit down at the desk and say, what are we doing today, guys? And then I write until they're done talking to me. That's interesting. Yeah. So you don't, 
so you don't do a lot of plotting then at all. No. You just kind of do an outline of what I you do. I do that little bit I just told you. And for the editor, so yeah. they know what the book's going to be about, right. so they can buy it. Right. Yeah. Okay. And that's I give them, I mean, like, I'll decide what the guy's going to look like because there's almost, they usually don't put women on my book, so I have to tell them what the guy's going to look like. Right. And then I just go from there. Very interesting. Yeah, I've that's told really them cool. if they would tell me what the guy looks like, I could write him to look that way. Yeah. If they did the, the covers before around. I wrote, yeah, that would work out so much better. <laughs> yeah, because it's interesting. Even I would think sometimes before the book is completely done, they've almost got the cover ready too. And so depending on the timing, if there's a deadline yeah. and you're like, well, we kind of need it to make it look like the guy, but I haven't really fleshed out. There have done, been so. so many times where they have the cover done, they have the blurb done, and then my book didn't turn out anything like the blurb they did. Oh, wow. So they have to go back and redo it because yeah. I'm not going to redo the whole book. But, you know. No, of course I, not. I mean, yeah, we'll just, yeah, we'll do the back cover right. instead of, yeah, the blurb instead of that. So, like, they'll That's send me a blurb, say, does this sound right? I go, that'll probably be okay. And then I finish the book like that. It was nothing like that. Right. You know, so, so you just kind of get in the heads of the characters and just kind of go with what... <laughs> What's going on? That's yep. fun. And I, that, I'm assuming that's more fun for you to do it that way than to be more of a strict plot out and A yeah. to B in that. So I'm a firm believer that every author has their own process mm-hmm. and they have to do things the way that they do them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I had a friend that used to draw this great big uh, arc and she would write all the different scenes out and draw bubbles about how they connected. And that was part of her process. If I did all that, I'd be done. That'd be as much as I right. wanted to do on it because I would <laughs> right. already be finished. So, I, yeah, you're like that was way too much work already. I, yeah. like, I don't even write write the book. Right, but it worked for her, right? So, I mean, each author has to do. I was talking to Karen Rose, and because her, right. she writes, uh, you know, very very much suspense, and so she has to kind of figure out what's going to happen before she sits sure. down to write it. Chris Feehan and I were both saying we kind of just fly by the seat of our pants and. So I think it's fascinating how each author has their own way. Yes, the plotting and the panting thing, you know. That's that's the the biggest secret when people want that secret handshake to writing is you have to find what works for you. I'm not a big believer in writing workshops because I think what happens is you confuse people. You tell people how you do it and then they think that's how they need to do it. If they can go and listen and just try it, see if it works, you know. But uh, it should always just be a trial and error. See what works for you and go that way. It totally makes sense. Even yeah. if, and we had, um, when we first met you, uh, sorry, I, think, I don't know if Jess was, I think she might have been under contract when we first met you, but it, you hadn't really been published. And so it's it's funny, I remember talking to Al, your husband, and he's like, well, I can't really give you a lot of advice because when you got published, you know, the way you got published is completely different right. than somebody trying to get published today. Very, very different And even now. Jess, who got published, what, how long ago you got published? How many years ago? Nine? Uh, no, eight. not that many. 2013. So even like if you, if Jess was talking to somebody today, like, oh, how should I get published? And you're like, well, it's it's just a little different now mm-hmm. than it was even Very different. six or seven years ago. So that's, Yeah, so that's back in the Stone Age when I did it, you had to print out your manuscript off of a typewriter because we didn't even have computers yet, right? Wow. And then you had to mail it to Canada with a postcard and they would mail the postcard back to tell you when they received it. And then oh easily six months went by, sometimes a year before you would hear and so I already wow. had a stack of books. When I sold the first one, I already had a stack of books done because it took so long to hear back. Wow. Oh and my gosh. I know it was heartbreaking, so isn't were, it? It was you, terrible. It was grueling. So you had written, because I think I was reading on your site that you talked about, I took, you wrote 10 manuscripts before that you had submitted sold, before yeah. you were sold. Yeah. And it takes, because even when Jess was doing that, because um, she was submitting to Harlequin, because it was one of the few places that right. took 
um, took manuscripts without having an agent, mm-hmm. and it would take her six or ten months to hear mm-hmm. back. Right. You know, sometimes it was. People don't understand that now. You know, yeah. with digital stuff being the way it is, it took forever, and you had to always print a copy of your manuscript because they didn't send it back. You right. know, you mailed that baby off, and that was it. Right. And yeah, it's then, not like you just saved the file on your computer right. and put it in the cloud. Right. right. It was printed out. And then if they wanted <laughs> revisions, oh my God, you were retyping the whole thing. I'm oh a very gosh. fast typist. I'm a horribly slow retyper. When I'm trying to read off something and type it back in, I'm, I'm ridiculously slow. But when you're actually writing. When I'm just creating, I'm fast, very wow, fast. Wow, okay. Yeah, so, That's interesting. so that was a grueling process I didn't think for me. about that. Yeah, before yeah. word processing, it was so much. Yeah, it was a bear. That's yeah. crazy. Because I remember my brother and sister had a typewriter that they shared. I think it was when one of them was going to college. Which is crazy because it wasn't that long ago, yeah. but it was like they had a typewriter and it was a fancy one because they had a little tiny screen that you could write a sentence before it actually type it on the print oh, it on wow. the page. Yeah. So it was like one of the early word processors, and I was like, "That's so crazy!" Because yeah. before that, you just had a typewriter and whiteout. So I remember working because <laughs> I was always involved in the school when my kids were young, and I remember when we did fundraisers to get a computer for the school. And then we did fundraisers to get a computer for each grade level. Yeah. And then we did fundraisers to get a computer for each classroom. <laughs> you know, now every kid has a Chromebook. You yeah. Know, oh, so. yeah. Everybody, you have to have that yeah. to go to school now. Yeah. Yeah. Or, yeah, or an iPad or something. Right. So <laughs> that's interesting. The very first book I sold, uh, the first editor, her name was Laura Shin. And she said, uh, there's too much male point of view, because I write very heavy male point of view. So she said, if you can take out about 60% male point of view. Now, I can't do math. So 60% for me, I had no clue. So I had to rewrite the entire thing, (laughs) sent it back, and then Laura Shin had switched. And it took a year for them to replace Laura Shin with Brenda Chen. My husband joked that they were just trying to find someone whose name's... Sure, Laura Shin and Church. Brenda Chen. (laughs) Just to confuse you. It's the same person, actually. They just changed the name, right? right? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And then Brenda Chen said, uh, we really like this, but you need more male point of view. Oh, my gosh. So then I was literally retyping the entire thing again. Basically put how much I had in there originally. You can almost send back the original one. Except I didn't have it anymore, yeah. It wasn't like it was saved on a file somewhere. (laughs) And uh, so that was the one that I... That I first sold, yeah. It that's was a bear. Cool. It broke the, me in. It broke me in, I'll tell you. What was you. the name of that It was one Impetuous. Then? Nice. That's cool. Yeah. How oh, fun. Fun, fun. And what were the, remember the characters in that one? Or uh, Tony? It, no, Tony was in Scandalous. I don't remember. <laughs> I know. Yeah, you have so I don't many. remember. Oh, yeah. that's cool. That's yeah. interesting. <laughs> How fun. Well, one other thing um, that I didn't know about you, but that you have been a clue on the New York Times crossword puzzle and yeah. the USA Today quick cross puzzle. So how, how fun, fun is that, that right? <laughs> so you're, I know, I was so You know so you've tickled. made it when, right? Yeah, <laughs> those cool. two things and That's then so cool. um, Ellen DeGeneres one time. Uh, you know, you, you get, you, you reach different milestones in this sure. business, but there's things that are out of the norm that for some reason mean more to you. Yeah. So I was at Kensington when that happened with the New York Times and the quick cross puzzle and my editor then, Kate Duffy, called me up and she, Kate was always telling me, are you sitting down? And I would always say yes, but I was never sitting You're down. You're like, yes, what do you, just come on. Yeah, the first <laughs> You're time like, I'm I made, only five foot anyway. Yeah. So sit down, right? <laughs> exactly. The first time I made the New York Times, she called and said, are you sitting down? And we had just moved, and I was carrying a box up the steps, 
And I said, yeah, because I wasn't. And yeah, then she sure. said, you're on the New York Times. I'm like, oh, wow, cool. But I was so busy moving, you know. That you I didn't, didn't like drop the box and no, fall down. No, no, yeah. it, was, it was cool. Um, but um, so when that happened That's with the New funny. York Times and the Quick Cross, that was both super exciting. And they printed That's it so out cool. for me and mounted it and everything. Oh, and then fun. the most embarrassing was Ellen DeGeneres, who I adore. Right. Um, oh, Ellen's the best. She was on site, poolside, doing a, uh, a broadcast. And she walked up to some average looking Joe that was sitting in his chair relaxing and on the chair next to him was one of my books. Oh nice. <laughs> and it was opened up and laying face down. And Ellen DeGeneres picked it up and flopped <laughs> down next to him and started reading out loud. And people were calling me like crazy, pick up oh. your phone, pick up your phone. Oh, Ellen DeGeneres is reading you. My face stayed red. I, every time I thought about it for two months, my face got red because oh it gosh. was right at a damn sex scene. Of course, yeah, I know. Of course, well, yeah, yeah she had to pick the, yeah, a good yeah. scene to read. And then, That's of course, hilarious. she was like, "Woo! How can you read this out here? It's too hot." You know, so, <laughs> fanning so she, herself yeah. with the book. Yeah. <laughs> so that was a hoot, and I still have a little file safe somewhere. I don't know where, but oh my uh, gosh! So but yeah, that was so you were on fun. the Ellen DeGeneres sort show, of, sort kind of. of. Well, one of my sex scenes was. Yeah, right. Three lines from it. You were this close to being on the Ellen DeGeneres show. So funny. Oh my gosh, that's fun. Yeah, the but that's the one of those little quirky off the wall. Yeah, it wasn't that yeah, neat. I don't remember what the question was, but it was something like um, best-selling author whose name starts with F or something. I don't remember. Yeah, yeah, it was something yeah. it very was obscure. Some, yeah, yeah, some generic, right? Mm-hmm. No, that's funny. Jess and I have a book, um, and I can't tell you what the book's about. <clears throat> But there was a reference to you in there, and I thought that was really interesting. In fact, oh, I'll tell you off the podcast because I think Jess would kill me if I brought it up on here. But it's kind of oh, funny. Fun. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I was now like, I'm really curious. I was like, of all the things, like it says, Lori Fostrader. So it's just kind of neat how you just don't know. It wasn't mean though. No, no, it, it was oh, really common, but it was just okay, kind yeah. of a funny thing, and I was like, what? So, but I know that's not. Now everybody's gonna be like, what was that? So, well, I read, and the last book that I wrote that I turned in, um, my female character loved reading Karen Rose. And so Karen Rose gets mentioned quite a bit in the book. And her oh, books. Fun. Yeah, she writes really, really awesome um, romantic suspense. And so I thought, well, that's I'm not going to make up an author. I'm just going to sure. use Karen Rose because she is awesome. So yeah, oh, that's it's always fun. fun. So yeah. you just threw that in there, too. Do her oh, in there. Great. Yeah, I don't think she knows yet, but I'll It tell is her. fun, and that's, that's one of the things I'm going to ask you about, too, because I know Jess has done that, too, where she just, especially the early books, um, just threw in a few things that just kind of was like an homage to something that we had, like a park mm-hmm. that we used to go to. Right. We named the park after somebody that we knew, you know, mm-hmm. like did some fun things like that. Is there anything specific you can think of? Or I know it, that's fun to do stuff like put little Easter eggs in there. Yeah. For well, people. so when I was a kid, we always went to Williamstown Lake. My mom and dad had mm-hmm. like a fishing cabin on Williamstown Lake. And it literally had one bedroom that they had filled with, you know, a double bed and, and bunk beds. And then they slept on a fold-out couch in the living room. So it was like a, it was a, a poured concrete bathroom. You know, you took a two-minute shower or you were out of right, hot water. Right. <laughs> you couldn't drink the water. We had to bring jugged water with us because it was literally piped straight up out of the lake. Oh, wow. Yeah, but it was, we, we had our best summers. We would get up in the morning and you'd change out of your nightgown into your bathing suit. And that's what you wore all day long right. until you put your nightgown back on that night. Oh, fun. Sometimes we would take our baths in the lake with a bar of ivory soap because it floated. So really, I didn't really, know that ivory floated. That's interesting. It does. Yeah, you didn't know ivory floats. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. Know. So That's wonderful <laughs> um, childhood on the lake. So one of my uh, first big series, uh, actually the first book that I ever had that was on the New York Times, I wrote the Buckhorn Brothers, and they all lived much nicer lake houses, but on the lake. And so sure. that entire series was modeled after the lake that 
we oh, went to cool. when we were kids. Sure. Now, they, these people had nice houses on the lake, right. but... You know, if I have to write about something that's not lake-related, I don't really know a whole lot about it. But I do know about boating and skiing and gassing up the boat and getting the boat in and out and all those sorts of things. You know, I'm familiar with that. We've done that. Although right. you helped us get our boat right. out. Right, I did. <laughs> yeah, actually, that's kind of what we reminded me to get you on the podcast. I know how it's supposed to be done, <laughs> but I, but I'm I'm very uncomfortable doing it. You know, these yeah, people that, to... that make it look so easy, right. I, I'm totally impressed. Well, somebody actually. Their brakes broke. I think the oh, brake line broke, no. and their boat and their truck actually went back into the water. Oh, so, no. so you guys did totally fine. So man, man, oh man. Well, Alan no. said he was getting the boat out once, and he was having a hard time with it. And some guy asked him if he needed help, and Alan said, "Yeah." And his wife came over, and the guy said, "I can't do it either, but my wife can," and she did it for him. Oh wow! So yeah, it's well, just backing the trailer down is not a not an easy thing to do. I'm so. always afraid, like you just I've said, been, something's going to break and it's going to go in the water. Yeah, you know, I'm so always setting the emergency brake and everything. Yeah, yeah. I, it's funny. Knock on knock on wood. I've yeah, been, I've had sure. some good luck because uh, we've had our boat what, three years now so I pulled it in and out three but it's it's been pretty smooth but it's, it's harrowing isn't I've it I've <laughs> also almost taken out a few mailboxes on the way back from the but, oh man because it's yeah. just a little bit wider because you got a roads pontoon are, that's yeah, wide and yeah the, and the road's pretty narrow here yeah. so it's <laughs> yeah that's funny well that's cool that you said so you basically did you obviously change the name of the lake but that's neat right. I, I bet that helps to visualize that as well because then you can kind of get mm-hmm. into the story makes it easier so yeah so i've had a few series set around lakes and it's always just my experiences in the lake now the series i'm writing now is in the mountains not if it was the smoky mountains i'd be okay i know those also but this yes. is um you know colorado so i'm like i have no idea and i don't want to go to colorado to find out so right so i'm talking to a lot of different people that live there trying to get a good grasp of you know, I think I well, think the, helpful, um, the elevation apparently has a, a oh huge the elevation yeah must be a big deal. Yeah, I've never been to Colorado, but yeah, yeah, I've heard that that's that's a big or it could be a problem or whatever. So that now, would, would you be... want to fly there? I mean, if you were setting it, would, would you? Are you one of those people that say, "Sure, I'll get on a plane and go"? Yeah, I would like to. I'd love oh, to go see, to Colorado. I it, yeah. yeah, I mean, I wouldn't if I could if I could blink and be there, but I, I hate flying. Well, these the traveling days. part's not my favorite. Yeah, but yeah. I but it's still I'd rather fly than drive, especially if you're going to Colorado. So yeah, even yeah, if I'm going to, to Florida, it's like so. It, let me get straight. It's two hours and five minutes from the airport to the airport, or I can drive twenty hours. So I'm like, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, but these days it's an hour to get to the airport and two and a half hours being at well, the airport. That's true. You do the have chance to wait. of them losing your luggage is, is high, <laughs> you know. And that's true. It yeah. isn't the most. Although we did when we went to California, and actually we went to Phoenix. Um, we were in first class, mm-hmm. and oh man, that was like I know it's it, nice, it was right? Delta first class, <laughs> and I'm like, this was. The, I'm like. How are we ever going to fly in the back <laughs> in the back anymore? I'm like, there's no way because I've always been really specific about making sure I pick the seat. Mm-hmm. Like I usually have to pay a little extra, even if I'm on Frontier, yeah. so I get pick the seat because yeah. I'm you know six four. I want to have you know an extra extra room, and yeah. usually by the front. And boy, the first class thing, you board early, they yeah. got food and drink and this and a blanket and a hot towel. And I'm like, this is the way to go. See, Alan so. and I always feel like posers when we're in first class. <laughs> oh, we were totally posers, but we were loving it. I'm yeah. like, it's very comfortable, yeah. It was nice, yeah. I'm like, how are we ever going to not get first class tickets? Well, you can move so. your legs without jamming your knees into the exactly. seat in front of you. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So. Yeah, and it's kind of like all the things that 
you oh here peanuts are two dollars and this and that and it's like oh no that's all included right. yeah or the tv you can watch whatever channels you want right. you have to pay an extra few bucks or whatever so when i flew over that's to uh, south korea for my son's wedding mm-hmm. jay-z foster mm-hmm. when i flew over there for his wedding everybody slept because you know you're 17 hours in the air that's Everyone slept crazy. except me because I can't. I'm an insomniac anyway, and I wow. just I wanted to be aware in case that plane went down. <laughs> I didn't oh want to be asleep. I'm a terrible nervous flyer. Really? So, but uh, so you just picture the worst, and it's just oh yeah, always yeah. yeah. I'm always I'm I'm praying as I'm going up, and I'm giving thanks as I'm coming down. Um, but Korean Air does an amazing job. They were fabulous. Yeah, yeah. and you flew from where to? Uh, I think we went to, well, we flew out of Cincinnati to, the... to Chicago and then from Chicago. Uh, oh, okay. So it was directly from Chicago. To, uh, okay. Wow. Um, what's the, what's Seoul, the big thing? Seoul. Yeah, Seoul. Yeah, Seoul. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's cool. But and then I, once you land, then you still have to like take a shuttle and then a bus and then, you know, because right. they were it's in Chunchun. Planes, trains, and automobiles right. just to get to where you're, to where you're going to go. there. Yeah, it was a, it was a journey. <laughs> well, that's cool. Well, you mentioned um, your, your son, Jake, Jay-Z Foster. And it was one of the things I wanted to bring up because that just sounds like that would just be fun. Like Jess awesome. and I are kind of enjoying that I'm writing a movie script and she's writing. And it's like, mm-hmm. how fun is that, that your son it's is so writing? Amazing. It's so amazing. And so I got to read his, uh, the, I think it just released. And I read the stories before anybody else did. And I feel like he knocked it out of the ballpark on those. The first right. one was so freaking creepy. And I said that to him, and he said, you didn't like it? I said, no, I liked it. It was just that creepy. That's good. You know, That's a very good thing. Creepy. And then there's one that has a lot of off-color jokes in it. I was laughing so hard. It's still horrifying, but right. it has a lot of male humor jokes in it, which is my speed. Sure. And he said a few female writers or readers weren't crazy about that. And I said, no, I love those jokes. <laughs> Leave those jokes in. You're like, don't worry, amazing. my mom likes it. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I, I'm cool. totally impressed. It's very cool. Then when I talk writing, um, there's someone in the family that understands. Yeah, you know? absolutely. So, yeah, I'm very proud. That's very cool. Yeah, and actually I'm going to have uh, Jay-Z on the, on the podcast here coming up, um, hopefully in the next one. This podcast is going to be coming out on Black Friday. Um, and your book, we wanted to bring up your book. I've got a bunch of other questions. We can just keep going as long as you like. I'm so, fine. But, um, but your book that's coming out, it came out a couple days ago, but let's see where it this will be coming out on Black Friday, so basically last week. Yeah, is all fired up, and do you remember anything that's in that book? Because I, I know you've written four books since then. <laughs> I know, yeah. So I did, th- I did three. Uh, it was the, it's this Mitch was and my... Charlotte. So that's all yeah, I know. Yeah, Mitch and Charlotte. Thank you, because I forgot Charlotte's name. I always remember the guys, but I, how terrible is that? I remembered Mitch, and I remembered his dog Brute, but I couldn't remember Charlotte's name. Well, you got to remember the dog. You, yeah, yeah, the dog was awesome because it was a dog. You know, like I say, I asked people for a dog. You mm-hmm. know, and they send pictures, and Brute oh, that's is right. just. I saw the picture of the dog on Brute Facebook. Is Beautiful. Yes, He's such a sweetheart. Dog. Yeah, yeah. And he had a bad rap, poor brute. So, um, yeah, that was actually the third book in my Road to Love series, and it was, um, they were transporters. You ever seen that movie Transporter? With I have Jason not. Statham, I think I that had, was the name of it. Yeah, I, what is that? I actually don't know. Okay, I so, know so in, instead that. of having bodies in the car, because Jason okay. Statham would transport something for wealthy people. Right. Sometimes people, he would transport, you know. Right. He, he didn't ask any questions. He transported. He just did them. it, right? Okay. Yeah, but then, of course, he's a good guy. So <laughs> right, he, of course. When it was a, a bad case, he handled it. So my guys would handle really, really odd things for collectors. So if someone was collecting, there was a serial killer. He collected stuff from serial killers. Okay. And then there was someone who collected um, macabre you know stuff made oh, wow. by prisoners okay. And okay. so those were the first two books and then 
those two brothers were very, very close, and then they had a half-brother they didn't know about from their wayward father, and Mitch showed up. And I didn't know there was going to be a Mitch until... Mitch is like, I'm the third book. <laughs> like, okay. Did you? So what? Did you sell this as three books, or was it? I just sold a, it as three books, and did, so I but knew. But you didn't it, know. Right, I knew it would be. It was going to be Brody and Jack, and mm. then their pseudo sister, a young lady that uh, had worked with them from some of the time she was 16, mm-hmm. was Charlotte. So I thought it was going to be Charlotte's story. Well, it was Charlotte's story, but here Mitch was a half-brother that I didn't know anything about. But as I wrote those first two books, I learned more about their father and uh, their mother, and Mitch That's just cool. sort of... Yeah. Now, was up. Mitch... The, he was not in oh, the so first just, two at all. Oh, yeah, so there he, he was. Just, he just came around. That midway was... <laughs> through the second book, I'm like, I know who it's going to be. And That's fun. It's like he knocked on my brain and said, hello, my turn. <laughs> it's like, so, yeah. He's like, and where's my book? Yeah, my exactly. Because yeah. <laughs> Charlotte, uh, Charlotte, when the first two guys were sort of the bad boy types, and so she had always sworn she wasn't going to have, she loved them dearly like brothers, but she wasn't going to have anything with anyone Anywhere like them. Well, then in comes Mitch. Who's yes, which blood. is perfect, yeah, right? Yeah. That's a great conflict. I love yeah. it. So, yeah, I had fun with it. He broke my heart several times, but I but I enjoyed writing it. That's so. fun. Well, that's cool. Yeah, and so that book came out, uh, like I said. Well, I think it was the 19th. We, yeah, the 19th of November. Yeah. So that's everywhere. I think I saw on Amazon, you've already got... 163 reviews already so and mostly five stars of course yeah but uh, but yeah that was that's that's pretty good for only being yeah, a couple doing, days so. yeah thank goodness yeah i'm, I'm relieved yeah. yeah i remember the days when we didn't have to watch amazon quite so closely mm-hmm. but now amazon seems to be you know you check the other sites but amazon is where you love sure. to see what's going on yeah i think it was already in a couple of top hundred lists and then a thousand i think overall and so you were yeah, it was know, yeah. it was cruising so i see you're like my husband my husband checks numbers Oh, I love it. And I, like when BookScan, (laughs) BookScan is a thing that records and tells you how well your book is done out of the top 100 or whatever. Uh, I get it and then I send it to him because all of that stuff is a huge distraction to me. Right. I was really relieved when they got rid of mass market romance on the New York Times because Mm. always waiting to find out how you performed was Mm -hmm. so distracting to me. We would go to the movies and stay gone all day long. Because my editor oh, like would always call me, day. and I didn't oh, want to wow. be—I didn't want to hear the phone ring and think, uh, "Did I bomb? Did I do okay?" Because oh, wow. I'm always sure that it's not going to do well. Always, every single book. Are you really? Book. Yes, wow. every single okay. book. Well, you know, you—you're in this true, business. That's true, though. It is your baby that's you've put all this time. Well, in I've life. had three kids, so I don't like really this? think about it as okay. A baby, maybe but, well, I yeah. guess for me it'd be a baby. But go ahead. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, a lot of a lot of people do, but because I have three kids and I have four grandkids, yeah. I, you know, to me it's just it's something I can do without if I have to. Just don't touch my kids or my grandkids. But right. um, uh, you know, a lot of people love that sort of thing, getting on the list and everything. I, to me, I always felt like a trick pony and you're waiting to see how you perform. Right. And whatever you did, they want you to do better the next one. Right. They well, do that. And that uh, yeah, part, I think, it's is kind so of unfair. stressful. It is, that is a tough part of the business, so for stressful. sure. And, you know, before you ever hit the times, before you ever hit a list, you could just write the book and be happy that you finished a book. I would and think so, yeah. I just want to do that. I just want to write my book and be happy write that I book, finished my book. Put it out there and let hopefully someone some else worry like about it. the rest yeah, yeah. of it. Yeah, yeah. Let the publisher and everybody else and your and your husband worry about the promotion, right? Right. Yeah, I mean I don't I don't uh, see how other authors are doing. I don't know who's with what publishing house. I don't know whose agent is who because that's 
all just that external noise that distracts me. Like, well, you know, you and Jess come over for Christmas. I love talking to everybody and finding out what's going on, but then I immediately forget it. Yeah. You know, so if anybody has anything that they're they're struggling with this or they they just had this great news, I'm happy for them. Sure. I or you'll help them out. Absolutely. I, yeah, I try sure. to be as helpful as sure, I can to, to mm-hmm. other authors, but I, you know, it just it. I don't yeah. retain any of that yeah. ever. Well, that's which is why terrible. you're such a good author, probably. I mean, you're able to compartmentalize that and then do the thing that you're good at. So, yeah. just I try to make it about the book so that I can just keep enjoying it. Yeah. I don't want it to become a chore. Yeah. So, I do have a question. Um, I know you've been asked this before, but so if you were not an author, what would you do? Like, what would be your second dream job because obviously you're living your dream job but is there something else that you'd be interested in and be like you know if i if i didn't do this i would really love to do this or i could have gone down this path uh you know when i was younger i always wanted to teach because i absolutely adore kids there was a long stage there where i would have loved to have had an animal shelter Mm-hmm. Now, you know, at 61, I think I'm kind of old to do either right. of those things. Or it was like 20 years ago then. 20 years ago. It would have been one of those two things. I'm marginally artistic, like mm-hmm. not not a big artist, but marginally right. artistic. And I haven't done much with art lately because I'm always writing. I always feel like if I have time to paint or draw, I should be working on my book. Sure. And so I probably would go back and do some. I used to love working with clay. Um, my aunts actually had a bunch of my pieces they would keep in their houses and well, so probably cool. something like that. I'd probably also volunteer at the animal shelter, you know, sure. and spend some time there. But I can't imagine a time where I wouldn't publish. So even if, you know, let's say the publisher decided they didn't want my books anymore, sure. I think I'd probably still write and self-publish or something, you know, something. and just for my own satisfaction because I still have so much fun writing. Right. You know, when I when I get done and I've written, you know, I'll come in and tell and I got 16 pages done today and... Um, you know, on a good day. Sure. There's so much satisfaction in that. And especially Absolutely. if I feel like they were really good pages, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, so, you know, I can't imagine ever not doing that, whether I was getting paid well for it or not. Yeah. Well, that's really cool. Yeah, obviously. You do. And it shows in, in I mean, just following you on Facebook and all this. It just shows in what you do. You really love what you do. I do. Um, yeah. My favorite part about you is, is you're just you and you're just, Isn't you're just nice? Lori. You're just Loretta. <laughs> you're just, you're just down to earth. Like yeah. you, you guys. I think true of all really authors cool don't you this. for the most part yeah i yeah. mean there's i'm sure some people that you know have security guards and things like that but yeah. i but honestly that's the thing that we just you know we just love you guys so much and it was so neat i remember i talked to al in one of the first book signings or whatever we went to yeah, i think we're at barnes and noble doing I a holiday so. signing maybe it was yeah. something like that yeah. and it was just kind of fun and and then you're just like, oh, well, why don't you just go to our Christmas party? And I'm like, I'm sorry, Lori Foster, <laughs> the Lori Foster is asking. And you're just like, no, you live close by, just come on by. And so I just, you guys are just so down to earth. Yeah. I think that's been, it's been great. You've been a lot of well, again, when you when you have kids too, and so. grandkids, they'll keep you down to earth. Well, they, I guess <laughs> they'll you're remind right. you. They humble you no matter what. <laughs> they show you the priorities there real quick. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. One other question I had that I, and actually probably should be for Al, but um, so you've got, you know, a hundred, over a hundred books, 102 books, um, multiple. So do they give you copies, like hard copies of the new books that they reissue as well sometimes? Like if they're if doing a mass print, market. If it's a print okay. book, sometimes when it's just digital, they don't, sure. but they'll send me the digital file for it. But yeah, anytime it's a, and it, 
so I used to write with St. Martin's and Berkeley and Kensington. Mm-hmm. So same thing. If they reissue a book, they'll send me copies of it. Now, Berkeley hasn't because all of those books are still in print. They haven't. They just recently right. changed the cover on one, but okay. they didn't send me so any copies So they just keep the old, okay. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, anytime they reissue a book, they'll send me copies. And then I always do tons of giveaways on Facebook. Sure. Because yeah. Well, you have a basement. I mean, I was you have say, to have a basement full of books. Yeah, we do. Because and even like, because I know Jess, you know, per the contract, you get a certain amount of free books. Usually it's like 50 books or I don't know. Yeah, I think I get like 75 yeah, or something. Yeah, or something yeah. depending on, yeah, obviously you're bigger But then, deal but then Jess, so you get but, yeah. 75 on the print and then you get uh, like 50 on the hardcover cover right. and then you get some of the audio books and and then every reissue yep. they send me three to five to six copies and I don't one. know what to do with them Alan took a bunch to a library once because you know I was saving them for a while back in the beginning I thought sure. well, this would be neat when I'm dead the kids will look and see when this one was published no I don't think anybody cares anymore right. you know, it's like what am I going to do with all these books right. yeah. there's too many well plus I, with the foreign you know if you're published like with Jess's some of her books are in foreign so like we get a, a box in the mail. I'm like, it's from Harlequin. Yeah. And it, they get she gets three books. And yeah. you're like, what language is this? And they're like, open up. like, oh, it's in Japanese. Like, you yeah. just don't know. So you have all those, And when it's too. in Japanese, it opens from the back, right? Yeah, which is yeah, really cool. Yeah. It's the coolest. And the covers are completely different. Right. Like, there was a baby on the one cover. And apparently that was a big deal. I, you yeah. know, I don't know what. I couldn't read the name of the title. So My funny thing <laughs> is when they do them like Scandinavian or something, there's always a naked person on the cover. <laughs> Oh my gosh! That's I know great. it's always a riot. So with, oh, you know, having hilarious. three sons when they were younger, I could leave those out and embarrass them. To oh death. my god! Yeah, their friends come over. You're yeah, like, oh, like, that's my mom, mom's book. Mom, mom. Mom. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> Although it's pretty tough to embarrass my boys, I have to say. <laughs> well, they probably have some tough skin like you do too. So. Yeah. Well, they're they're you know I would always hear these parents talk about their daughters didn't want them to be at the school or were embarrassed and yeah. The boys were never that way. If yeah. anything, they'd want to pick me up and carry me around, and I'd be yelling, put me down. Right. You know, because they were bigger than me by the time they were 12 years old, because I'm so short. So I, you kind of answered this question, but I was going to kind of ask you, um, so how long do you think you want to keep writing? But apparently you want to keep writing until you can't write, even if you're not published. So. Yeah, I would just want to slow down, I think. So I yeah, don't know. The pace, yeah, Because sure so, you have some serious deadlines, and that's very stressful. So. Well, and then there's so much, you know, back... In the early days, there wasn't as much, my husband says, there wasn't as much that Lori Foster had to do back before anybody knew right. who Lori Foster was. Right. <laughs> and true. so I kind of made the big decision. I'm going to uh, Book Lovers Con next year, but I don't want to do any other travel. It's mm-hmm. exhausting. And when it and, it and it takes me a week to recover. Sure. So you go somewhere for three or four days, and you, you know, you've got two days of prep for it, and then you've got three days of recovery when you get back. Right. That's a lot of writing time gone. Yeah, if you're on a deadline, that's the killer. Yeah, and I'm I mean, always, I mean, Jess we live on deadlines. About, yeah, you know, you're what, always on a deadline. You're always There's on a deadline, deadline. yeah. And, and then you kind of want it to be that deadline. way. Yeah. yeah, you kind of want it to be that way, but, um, you know, I don't know what I'd do if I didn't have a deadline, but uh, wouldn't mind finding out once or twice. Right, yeah. wouldn't that be great? Yeah. Slow down and have enough time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe you can hang out at the lake with your sons or something. Yeah, that would be <laughs> so. fun. But yeah, so we talked about, I uh, wanted to just talk about, we talked about your book, All Fired Up, so everybody should go out and buy that immediately. Immediately. With Mitch and Charlotte, that's everywhere that sells good books. 
Um, and then you also have a podcast, which is the Romance Reader Podcast. Right. Um, and what's, so what is that? Just kind of explain what that is. So every year we do the reader-author get-together in Westchester, Ohio. Mm-hmm. And you guys have been there, I think, yeah. just about every year, haven't we you? We have, absolutely. Uh, I think we had our 15th. This will be our 16th. Was mm-hmm. last year the 15th, I think? I or think this it was. Year? I think still fif- this year, last June. Yeah, I was think the 15th. 15th. Yeah, 2019 was the 15th, I believe. So it's every June, and it's very, very affordable. It's like 100 bucks, and it gives you, we're adding a Wednesday party. For 2020, so there's a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday party. Mm-hmm. There's meals, breakfast, lunch, and dinner Friday and Saturday. Mm-hmm. Two massive book signings, um, workshops people can go to, massive raffles. I think mm-hmm. we made 32,000 off the raffles last year. Well, or I keep saying last year, but it was last June, mm-hmm. and we donated all that to cancer-free kids to, nice. to for, for a research That's for awesome. children with cancer. And so it's a, a really, really fun, exciting thing. But while I'm there, uh, my husband brings over the RV and we do RV interviews. Gotcha. And I know we've uh, interviewed Jess and we'll yeah, get you in there. We, yeah. oh, we better Well, we did we? the one interview with the, the husbands, husbands and, and wives. Stuff, yeah. And that fun. was so much fun. I was glad. I, yeah, yeah, I actually took off. My Jess called me and she's like, can you get off she work? Get I'm, like, there, yeah. I'm like, I'll be right there. So right, that was yeah. so much fun. So I think it was like four couples. So it was. Yeah. Uh, well, Jay-Z was there too. Jay-Z was there, but and, his was um, flip-flopped because he's the writer and his wife is not. And everybody right, else, the woman right, was the writer. right. And it was the husband being supportive. Yeah, because it was Jill Chalvis. And um, and Dave, her husband yes, Dave, yes. and Janice Maynard, Janice, and her yes, husband yes. Charles. And everybody's so nice. That yeah, was they super are. Nice it's a, it's a great everybody. group. So uh, the that whole theme fun. of that event is the happy place. I don't want to hear anybody bitch. I don't want to hear anybody complain. I want everybody to go there and have a good time. And the hotel's amazing. The authors are all amazing. The readers are amazing, and we have a lot of fun. But then I also do the RV interviews while we're there. I usually do you know, six to ten, depending on uh, mm-hmm. you know who's there and how much free time I have. And then I put those on the podcast. So we've had Jill Shalvis, we've had J.R. Ward, Christine Feehan. Wow. Um, oh, I, I can't even think of all the names. Nancy yeah. Nagel was was with us this last time. I think you did uh, a couple roundtables too. We did some, multiple, which was kind of like we a did, different genre. Yeah. Which and we're actually going to try and do too. more of those in 2020 uh, on Thursday, if possible, because we'll have an empty boardroom on Thursday. We can do some of those in. And maybe even let an audience come in. Oh, so this last time maybe we did the audience it, can ask questions or something. Right, or something. Oh, right. So the fun. last time we did it, we didn't have an audience in there. We, I always like to try to feel my way first, see how things are going to go, sure. and then expand on them. So uh, we're not doing a lot for the Wednesday party. It's going to be more of a meet and greet, but then we'll see how it goes. And then the next year we might have authors sure. sponsor it and do something different. But um, So, yeah, we didn't have an audience in there. We had a few authors' um, assistants were in there. And one had to sneeze so bad. <laughs> so she was like holding her nose the whole time. You could see her shoulders moving, trying not to sneeze. Oh my gosh, that's great. So then we thought, well, maybe we just need to have an audience where people where, where you can hear that there are people right. in there instead right. of everybody trying right. so hard to be silent. Yeah. Well, that's interesting too. And on this podcast, we're, we're pretty chill. I mean, we'll hear the dog in the background. Or mm-hmm. I just got up to get a tissue because my nose is running. I'm Mine like, is too. I know. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, those are the best kind, the casual. It is, ones, yeah. I think so too. I mean, it makes it real. It's you know, it's mm-hmm. it's more fun to me, for me. Yeah. But yeah, I think I think people like the podcast more when I screw up and say stupid things. They're like, oh, I can't get that. What's that word? You know. Yeah. Well, because so. we all do that. We're supposed to be writers. We're supposed to know the words. But right. Don't right. Know the words, oh no. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. Little on my spelling, but uh, but yeah. So that's uh, the reader author get together. So R A G T. Um, and they have how many authors approximately? Uh, we try to keep it at right around 60 because we max out at 500 people total. So right. that leaves a good ratio of readers to authors. Right. 
Um, one of the really good things about it is authors sell a lot of books. Mm-hmm. And so many events you go to now, you're supposed to just give away books. Right. You know, that's the big thing. Or there's 20,000 people there and there's, yeah, or, or what? Or, and your publisher Or there's 2,000 authors there and you're like, okay, how are we, you know. Right. Yeah. How so. am I differentiated from anybody? Right. So I try to make sure that the authors get a lot of face time. Yeah. They're presented well. You know, Marcy Robinson does our book fair for us. She's amazing. Oh, Beth Egan awesome. O'Neill does the raffles. She's amazing. Sabra used to always do the goodie bags, but I believe she's going to um, help Beth with the raffles now. And then, you know, we have uh, new new uh, um, goodie bag people that are, and I, so many wonderful people that yeah. make the event really, really well. It's work, a great event. Well. It's been cool. And I, I was, um, I'm usually busy working, but I, I was at most of, I at least stopped by, but I've been to most mm-hmm. of that too. It's pretty fun to kind of help support it is. It's, it's really hard to explain it to someone who's never been there. So I try to say it's like a giant tea party with your friends. Right. And you can do as much or as little as you want. So we always leave the ballroom open. You can always go in there and sit down if you want to take yeah. a break. Or you can visit one of the eight boardrooms where workshops are going on. Or, uh, you know, just chill with your friends and chit-chat yeah, yeah. a little bit. So, But we're no, packed into that hotel. We cannot take yeah, any no, it's a it's a great event. But, yeah, it's yeah. it's packed. It's just kind of fun because if you're just if you're a reader, you just show up and you're like, oh, there's book signings and things too. But then there's also like, oh, I'm just over at the bar and I talked to an author. You know, mm-hmm. so yeah. it's pretty fun. Pretty yeah. fun. So, Well, Lori, I think this is a, probably a pretty good place to uh, end so, off uh, to end the podcast. Um, and just want to let everybody know, as usual, anything that we mentioned – um, you know about Lori Foster, LoriFoster.com, all those things. I'm going to put in the show notes, uh, which will be on your podcast or also on uh, OneDrinkWithJohn.com. But Lori, is there anything else you wanted to mention that I didn't bring up? That nope. Just thank you for everybody? having me here. I well, appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, it was a lot this of fun. Is fun. This We've is known fun. you and just for a while now, so it's yeah. No, this has been cool, yeah. and I'm super excited to have your son on on the podcast. Me too. As well I can't here, wait so. to. I'm more excited about him yeah, yeah. than anything that I'm doing because well, cool. it's you know you're watching your. Your kid grow up and do these. Yeah. He's grown, but you yeah. know what I mean. Well, yeah. cool. No, that's cool. He's super fun. So, well, again, Lori, thanks so much for coming on. And uh, like I said, everything will be at the uh, OneDrinkWithJohn.com in the show notes. And thanks for listening, everybody, and have a wonderful day.